Nearly a decade ago, I found myself filling the hours by listening to podcasts while my husband, Brooks, was training with the U.S. Army. Walking the streets of our Army post, I dreamt of creating something for women that bridged that gap between sermon audio and small talk. It was on the floor of my tiny closet on post that that very dream, the Dream for the Journey Women podcast, came to fruition in June of 2017. And today, by God's grace, Journey Women is now a not-for-profit ministry with the aim of moving women to know and love God more. Our monthly and one-time givers help make our mission possible. If you'd like to support the work that we do, you can make a tax-deductible donation by visiting journeywomen.org forward slash give. Thank you for investing in the work of Journey Women. Welcome to the Journey Women Podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Belis. Life's a journey we were never meant to walk alone. We all need friends along the way. On the Journey Women Podcast, we'll chat with mentors about gracefully navigating the seasons and challenges we face on our journeys to glorify God. On today's episode of the Journey Women Podcast, I chatted with Trillia Newbell about celebrating diversity. Trillia and I talked about everything from how we can practically celebrate people of all backgrounds to how Jesus himself loved people who were very different than him. She said, When I think of Jesus, I think of a man who died for sinners, who died for those who could never repay him, and who related to those who others would shun. His example is ours. It's what we should aim to to live like and live for. Trillia encourages us to simply love our neighbors and to seek to know them through something even as simple as inviting them to share a meal around our table. Ultimately, we discuss God's plan to glorify himself by rescuing a people from every tongue, tribe, and nation. I know that you guys are going to love this conversation and I can't wait to share it with you. But before we go there, I just want to say thank you. Many of you guys follow Journey Women on Instagram, and if you do, you probably had a chance to see that my kids actually baptized my laptop last week, completely crashing my hard drive. My friends launched a GoFundMe, and within 12 hours, you guys had completely raised enough money to fund a new computer. Thank you so much for helping keep Journey Women going. Now, on to my conversation with Trillia Newbell about celebrating diversity. Hey, Trillia, how are you? Doing well, and you? I'm so good. Thanks for joining me today. I just actually scoped out your Instagram and saw your outfit for today. So oh. good thing we're on audio only. <laughs> now I'm in like workout clothes fully. So <laughs> at first I thought, you know, maybe it'd be cool if we could like see each other. And number one, I realized that the internet connection doesn't always allow for that. Just so you know, I'm not embarrassed by workout clothes. So we could totally, if you decide to switch to video, I'm happy to do that. Not a problem. <laughs> well, if we switch to video, you would see that I'm currently in my two by two closet with a shoe rack behind my head. So <laughs> I get it. We got to do what we've got to do, right? Yeah. Well, it's a delight to get to talk to you today. I have two kids. One is three, one is one. And so your book, God's Very Good Idea, has been on our shelf. It's been one that we have grown to love. And honestly, it's my personal favorite to read next to the Big Picture Storybook Bible, just because it's a great 
refresher of the gospel. I'm like, guys, every morning, let's read this. (laughs) Mommy needs that. (laughs) And they adore it. Um, I think my one-year-old especially enjoys the illustrations. So that was how I was introduced to your work. And I see that you have a whole host of other books, Trillia, which I'm excited to dive into. Thank you. I do. I have several things out and going on. And <laughs> Oh, wonderful. If you would, give the listeners just a little snapshot about who you are and what you do in addition to writing books. I am a writer and speaker. I work mostly from home, but every now mm-hmm. and then I go into an office, into the ERLC, which I work for part-time. Okay. And I'm a wife of 15 years and a mom of 11. No. So my son's about to be 12 and okay. my daughter is eight. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's really, really fun. And your husband's name, he has such a cool name. I can't remember it off the top of my head. Can you remind me? Yeah. Thurn. Thurn. That is my first introduction to that name, but you guys are such a beautiful family and I've really enjoyed following you on Instagram and seeing your work and what you do. And I'm just so grateful for it, Trillia, and really excited to have you on the Journey Women podcast today to talk about just the diversity of God's glorious design, which is really, you know, the whole idea and concept of your children's book, which is such a universal concept. It's something that every believer of every age, not just children need. However, I will say I appreciate it that you put it on a kid's level for me, Trillia, because I think I needed you to break it down like that. Uh It was perfect. So good for this 30 year old mama. And I'm excited to dive into some of your other books because it looks like it's something that you've expounded upon in past years for adults as well. Is that correct? Oh, yes. So I have a book called United. And in that book, I am talking about really diversity in the church and the Mm -hmm. beauty of it. And I, I look at my friendship with two other ladies and how God used that. And and then I share a little bit about a theology of race and I share about um, a little autobiography, a little bit about myself. So, yeah, yeah. so that's a, a really um, helpful introduction into the topic. But then I would just encourage people to keep diving. <laughs> oh, absolutely. So much out there. Absolutely. And this is coming in the context of a little series on community in the very first episode that I talked about with my pastor here in Clarksville, Tennessee at Christ Presbyterian. We talked about how community really is the church being the church. And yes. I'd love for you just to describe what is God's design for the church? Well, when you say what is God's design for the church, that gets a little bit more into that God, he's called us to make disciples of all nations. Right. And then he's called us to live in community and with one another. And so that's a, a super broad question yeah. that could be answered in so many different ways. And so I want to be really careful not to say if your church does not look like right. this, yeah. then your church does not qualify as being God honoring. So, but we do see God calling a people to himself of every tribe, tongue and nation. Yeah. We see that people in the new Testament church of different backgrounds were breaking bread together. And then we know that in revelations, every tribe, tongue and nation will be there. And so there's something significant, I believe about that. And the reason that he, I, I think multi-ethnic is a, is a ministry call that I, I just see so clearly in the scriptures. But again, we just have to be really careful not right. to 
Yeah, not to put in a a law where a law is not right. Totally and not. Yeah. So and to make sure that we are operating in, in such a way. There are some. There are not many in in the United States anymore, but there are some places that are pretty homogenous, and so it would mm-hmm. be harder to have a multi ethnic church, for example. Yeah. So so I just want to be really careful there. But I do believe that we can see and get a vision for it and pursue it in faith. Yes. And in humility too, right? Like, right. You know, I came to the recognition when I started the podcast that I had been asking a lot of people that look exactly like myself to be on the podcast and then Mm -hmm. became super passionate just in thinking about that very idea that God's design for his beautiful family, like the kingdom of God is very diverse. And that just doesn't, you know, that just doesn't pertain to race, but that pertains to all different types of factors like socioeconomic status. And you know what I mean? Like so many different things. And so we're trying to do a lot better job of that. But I really appreciate your grace in saying, Saying that while we hope for and long for that and pray for that, it's not something that we must do in order to be accepted or approved by God. So what, maybe we should back it up a bit. I'd love to hear you kind of explain this from like a gospel perspective. Like what is God's design for creation, Trillia? So from a gospel perspective, we see that in Genesis 1, God created people made in his image. And he did this equally, right? So he did not discriminate against who he created. So every person walking this earth is created with worth and value and dignity because God has given them worth and value and dignity. But then not very long after we sinned against a holy God and the fall came into this world. and, And so throughout scripture, you see God rescuing people from every tribe, tongue, and nation. And then we skip on over to the New Testament, and we know that Jesus, he died on a cross bearing the wrath that we deserve. And he, again, did not discriminate in regards to ethnicity for every tribe, tongue, and nation, anyone who would believe. So the gospel is a gospel for all nations, for all people, anyone who would put their faith and trust in the finished work of Jesus Christ. And it's significant to know that. And then he calls the 12 to go and make disciples of all nations. Yeah. And so this is a theme that he never stops talking about. And in Ephesians 2, we see Paul proclaiming that the veil of hostility has been broken down in the body of Christ and we're one new man. So we're no longer defined by all these. And by define, I mean, putting our, our faith and hope in, in these things that no longer Jew or Greek, slave, free. We're, we're one new man. And so yes. I think we need to yeah recognize what God has accomplished through the cross. Absolutely. Yeah. The unity of people. So the gospel speaks directly to this topic. Yeah. And that we are unified as one body in Christ. I would love just to look at the life of Christ because that's so helpful all the time. <laughs> yeah. So how did Jesus actually love people who are very different than him? Well, I don't have anything in front of me, and I wish I did, but the first thing I thought of was the Samaritan. Yes, the woman at the well. The woman at the well. And they would have been enemies. And really, anyone who (laughs) wasn't a Jew, I guess, would have been an enemy. And Jesus would relate to all people. He did not... I'm thinking of the woman who poured out her, her perfume. Yes. And so... 
there you've got someone in a socioeconomic situation that's different than yeah. And I know it's funny that I keep talking about women, but all people really. Mm, Yeah. (laughs) He just had such a non-discriminating love for people. He would turn over tables for those who, who were abusing his temple. Yeah. There was this love for the vulnerable, for the poor, for those who were not like him. And even, I mean, if we want to even look at how he loved those who, Peter, for example, who denied him. So Jesus was always laying his life for other, down for others. Yes, yes. When I think of Jesus, I think of a man who, who died for sinners, who died for those who could never repay him. Yeah. And who related to those who others would shun. Yes, his example is ours. <laughs> it's the way we yes. should. Yeah, it's what we should aim to to live like and live for. Yeah, I completely agree. And it's interesting just bringing up the whole topic of the church. And I love too in your book how you said like God's plan for us to experience like community is for us to be in the church together. That's made up of all different shapes, sizes, personalities, you know, interests, etc. And one common goal of glorifying God together. And what's been interesting to me about bringing this topic up is that there is a lot of hurt as a result of sin that happens between even followers of Christ as we seek to do life together, right? So there's sometimes there's some people that have been really hurt by the church. And yet I think of Jesus, as you're saying, and I think, gosh, who else has experienced hurt like, like he has in the context of the church? And yet he gave his life for the church. And so it's just such a strong reminder to me that even in the midst of like the difficulty and kind of the clunky and awkwardness like that comes with fleshing this out as a result of our sin, we are still called to be like our rabbi and to lay down our lives for one another. And it can be really, really challenging because of sin. Life is crazy sometimes, and finding time to sit down and read the Bible can be difficult. That is why I love Dwell. When I can't find time to read the Bible, I can listen to it. The voices reading the Bible are soothing. They're not your normal narrators. Plus, you can choose calming background music and adjust the pace of the narrator's voice to get things just right. Dwell's newest release is called Dwell Daily, a fresh, thoughtfully crafted devotional that immerses you in the word, allowing you to pray it, meditate on it, and so much more. If you're looking to deepen your engagement with the Bible this year, Dwell Daily is worth checking out. I cannot recommend Dwell enough to help you orient your mind to the life-giving word of God throughout your day. Go to dwellbible.com forward slash journeywomen to receive your 25% discount today. Again, that's dwellbible.com forward slash journeywomen for your 25% discount to subscribe and spend time in God's Word. Trulia, like, can you speak to that a little bit? Like, where can we find rescue and forgiveness, like, in the midst of our flushing this out with, like, our sin still being very present on this side of heaven? Yeah, the first thing I thought was that if we all gained an understanding of what it means to love our neighbor as ourselves, then that would be just a good start in yeah, trying to put so that true. into 
right? So, so, so a love for our neighbor allows us to enter into mourning and weeping and rejoicing with those who mourn, weep, and rejoice. It yeah. allows us to take all those one another's that Paul wrote about and put them into action. And so I think one, we've got to all get our focus off ourselves. Oh, and yes. God yes. help us. Help me. Yes. yes. It's we so hard. Help. It is hard. It's incredibly hard. It's hard for me. The moment I wake up, I'm thinking, okay, I know I'm going to have to serve someone else. <laughs> and I have a choice in that matter, yes. whether or not I'm going to fall into sin and, and discouragement, or if I'm going to press into this really what a, a honor and privilege it is to get to lay that we get to, that we get to lay down our lives for others, but it's hard. And so it's hard because we have a flesh that we're fighting against. Exactly. So I, yeah. So I think one is acknowledging it's important and it's worth the fight. Mm. <laughs> so we're going to fight our flesh and we're going to look at our brother and we're going to mourn and weep and try to get to know them mm-hmm. instead of isolating ourselves or being partial, the sin of partiality, where we're all gathered around with people who are like us, or we're showing favoritism to those who are like us. Yeah. So that's one thing. I think another is that God says, if we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us. Yes. Yes. We can confess. He's he's faithful and just to forgive us and not just forgive us, but to purify us. So Jesus is making us more like himself. So yes. we, we need to repent of where we have sinned against our brother or sister. And then I think if there's someone who's been hurt, mm-hmm. we have to ask God to help us to forgive and to heal. And God says that he is near to the brokenhearted. Yes. So he's going to draw near to us. So if we've been hurt, which I have been hurt by racism deeply, by people who have said things to yes, me. Yes, yes. And, um, and so I have to, God, I mean, he doesn't mince words. He forgives those who forgive. So I'm just going to, I have to fight. I have to fight to forgive and ask God for the strength to. He also says when we're weak, then we are strong. So if I am it's a good thing to be weak and needy and to know, God, I can't do this on my own. Mm. And so I'm going to cry out to you for strength to love this person or strength to forgive. I'm going to ask you over and over again until my heart is changed, Lord. And so I I think there's just a lot of things. But ultimately, we need to rest Mm. in Jesus. His yoke is easy and his burden is light. And so we, we need to rest in that that truth. That doesn't mean we don't pursue, we don't work, we don't do anything. It just means that our heart knows that Jesus is the absolute only way to one salvation and to to that sustaining grace. Yes. The moment we start working for either God's favor or man's, we're doing it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> and we, we will feel guilty. We will feel weary. We will be discouraged and probably fail. We'll fall on our mm-hmm, faces. Mm-hmm. Gosh, I mean, even hearing you say, Trillia, like you have experienced the pain of racism, like that just that just stops me in my tracks. Like my eyes are bugging out in the closet right now. I don't know what that's like. That's just it angers me. And 
and I'm trying to get my head around what it would be like to extend forgiveness and to really walk in that grace. And can you just flesh that out a little bit? Because I hear the rest element and I like, I'm like, yes, that makes sense. But I can only imagine the journey that you walk from experiencing the pain of rejection or, you know, whatever it is in that capacity. And then actually walking forward and extending grace. Like, how does that actually flesh itself out in your life? Yeah, the first words that as you were talking that kept coming into my head were they know not what they do. Oh. Sometimes I don't think people know what they are doing. Yeah. There, there have been yeah. intentional, ven- vengeful, ugly attacks. But right. most of the time, I think people don't know that they are actually saying something very harmful and yeah. unkind and frankly racist. And so that to me has been very helpful to think, man, mm-hmm. I'm going to tell the, the person correct, help, help them mm-hmm. see. Mm-hmm. And whether they receive it or not is, up, you know, that's their, the Lord, right. you can handle that. Right. But I, I, most of the time, I don't think people realize their words can be incredibly hurtful and harmful. Yeah. I also think, gosh, daily, I <laughs> daily, hourly, I am doing things that I don't even know. Yeah. Or, simple, yeah. I know I am. I know I am. Like, right. And so I want to make sure that I don't self-righteously yes. hold people. And this is hard. But yeah, I don't want to self-righteously hold people to a, to something that I'm not even going to hold myself to. Yeah, I, I want to make sure that I'm extending grace. Right. To be clear that you have received the same grace that you're extending yes. in that moment, that you're not exempt from it. Yes. And God tells us to speak truth in love. So that doesn't right. mean I, if you follow me, then you know I speak, I'm going to speak the truth. I'm going to be honest. Yeah. But I want to do it in a heart that is in Yes. And that's a fight. It's not always, it's not always. So how does it manifest itself in my life? I've had moments of just being in a hotel room crying. Mm. Yeah, just crying. And then I think talking to the Lord about this, God, I don't, I don't understand. And then talking to people who love me about it so that I can get help to make sure that I'm, and so, so if there, there have been, sometimes it's a process and other times it's, and especially if I see it systemically, if Mm -hmm. I see, oh man, this is across the board, something that I'm seeing and and it seems, oh, this is hard. This is going to be hard to change where some, some, if someone says something to me personally, it's easier to just go to them and tell them and pray for fruit. Right. Right. Especially in the context of a real relationship, I would imagine that that's probably, I don't know, in some ways more difficult and then in some ways easier because you're fleshing it out together, hopefully humbly under the cross of Christ. Hopefully. Yes. Hopefully. (laughs) Hopefully. Although I feel like that is a really difficult, you know, that is a really rare gift to experience, which is really sad. And that's why in the context of this whole conversation on community, I've also aired a podcast just today, I think, no, yesterday, I don't even know what day it is, on confession and conflict, because that's something that I think is foreign to so many of us. And it's absolutely essential for us to be ironing, sharpening iron, right? Right. And we don't want to hold bitterness. I've done that. Yeah. Ugh. 
bitterness harms you more than it harms the other person. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can <laughs> speak far. to that too, for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, Trulia, I just, I would long, like if we were in proximity, I'd be like, girl, tell me everything. Tell me what's up. Tell me how to love you well. So if we like, let's just pretend I'm not sitting in my closet and you're not an hour away. Like, how can we actually extend the kind of love that people received from Jesus? Like, how can we extend the same love that Jesus extends to us, to people who are really different than us and who look different, who have different preferences, like all across the board. Okay. I'm going to say something and it's, I'm not, I don't mean it to sound extremely well done, but I think we need to ask ourselves what's hindering us from, from loving people who are different. It, it actually doesn't seem that hard. It seems like it's, if it's hard, then there's probably something sinful going on in your life. If it's hard insofar as you just can't, seem to even talk or relate to people who are different than you. I would yeah. I would ask someone or ask the Lord, reveal yeah. what is it in my heart that's mm-hmm. keeping me from this? I just, I think when pe- people are different, that doesn't mean that they're subhuman. So we need to ask ourselves, do we see people as made in the Imago Dei, an image of God? Do we, do we see them as people? And if we do, then it should be easy. You should yeah. be able to just yeah. talk to Talk to them like a normal person. Exactly. But if it is, if it's, if we don't view them, then then there just needs to be some change that we need to wrestle with and totally. So that's that's what I think. I think it's a theological issue, Trillia. You know, like I think if you are like studying who God is and the way in which he relates to people all throughout the text, like you see very clearly that he obviously has set this up from the very beginning to be like all inclusive to those whom he has chosen, you know? So I don't know. It's, it just seems like a theological issue to me more than anything. And maybe just seeking humbly seeking to learn. Yes. Might be a great first step. And I've totally been there and I I'd say I still am. And that's why I humbly submitted to you, even at the beginning of our chat, like your children's book has been helpful for me, you know, kind. There's a few things I think, I think it's a theological issue, it's also been a teach a teaching issue in the church. So yeah, churches yeah. haven't been talking about this. So it's something that is new for some people yes. where for many of us, it's just what we've lived. And then I think it's a proximity issue. The right, moment, right. I'm so convinced that the moment that we start to get to know someone who's different, we'll see the whole world differently. We'll, it won't yes. be. Yeah. So I think once you get in proximity with those who you're kind of, fearful of or curious about, but you haven't engaged with, or you will, those things will crumble. It just Mm -hmm. won't matter anymore. Mm -hmm. It will not be something you're thinking about. In other words, you might think about, Ooh, they're from a different culture. I want to get to know Mm -hmm. about their culture, but you're not going to be thinking about, Ooh, I don't want to talk to that. Or it's not going to be like hesitance in your heart. Yeah. And so I really believe proximity changes. And then finally, I, I just really I believe that we need heart transformation. Absolutely. That's the other thing I was thinking is it is such a heart issue. It is. It's a heart. It's a theology issue. It's a proximity issue. It's yeah. a heart issue. Yes. So yeah. And God, he promises to finish the good work he began. And I have seen so many people beginning to ask these very good questions so that they can change. Yeah. And, and yeah. It, it's sweet. It's sweet. Yeah, I agree. I'm actually really encouraged. I feel like I see a lot of movement in that direction. That just is sweet, like you said. And it's also just, 
when you say sweet, I'm thinking of like a fragrant aroma. Like it's like, okay, this is what it looks like for the kingdom of God to be near. And so what is actually loving our neighbors? You know, I'm saying beautiful differences and our, (laughs) and to love one another, like in just our peculiarities, you know? What does it do? How does doing that actually bring the kingdom of God down to earth? Mm. Well, gosh, I I think if we are, you asked a couple of questions in there that were really helpful. I think one, how do we love our neighbor as ourselves? I have not mastered this. (laughs) So there, I've said that now that that's out of the way. (laughs) Confession and conflict. Here we are. Yes. Well, I just, I, I do love people. I, 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 it would be a false humility if I pretended yeah. like I don't love people. I, I absolutely love people. But what has helped me tremendously is to um, learn to listen. Yes. So I think listening helps us love our neighbor as ourselves. And look at what does the one another say? Be kind to one another. Be gentle. Honor one another. There's so many be forbearing uh there's loads of one another's. And if we can put those into action, then we are essentially mm-hmm. loving our neighbor as ourselves. Yeah. Yes. I think those are just some practical things. Yeah, I like that. What does dinner time look like in your house? Is it a little chaotic and crazy like it is at mine? Let me tell you about Prep Dish and how they can help you simplify your evenings. You've probably heard us talk about Prep Dish in the past, and maybe you've thought, Man, I just don't have time to meal prep. But let me tell you, with Prep Dish, meal prepping for the whole week honestly takes just about one hour with their super fast plan and about two hours for the gluten-free, paleo, and low-carb meal plans. If you need a change in how you handle dinner time at your house, you have got to try Prep Dish. You'll serve up delicious meals that your family will love, like green chili burgers, Caesar's salmon wraps, and apricot glazed chicken thighs. Right now, the founder, Allison, is offering our listeners a free two-week trial to try it out. You can't beat that. Check out prepdish.com forward slash journey for this great deal. Again, that's prepdish.com forward slash journey for your first two weeks free. What do you think about asking questions? Because I obviously am such a question asker. That's like something that I really value on a personal level when someone's asking and kind of seeking to know me in that way. Like, do you think asking questions is kind of universally something that's well received? Or do we have to also be careful as we go about that? You know, the truth is everyone's so different. Yes. So I am open to most questions. I'm, I'm open to them. But there, there would be someone else who might be a little offended or taken offended, aback. yeah, t- take back or weary. Yes, yeah, Just weary. Of like you feel a little bit interrogated. I noticed that when we got into the military community, the one of the beautiful things about the military is there's people from all different backgrounds, literally all over the U.S. and all over the world. It's interesting how you kind of learn what types of questions make people feel loved, and then what types of questions, like based on the cultural context, can also be a little bit intense. Well, I think relationship matters. Absolutely. So if you're asking questions that are really intense, I would wait. I would reserve that <laughs> for someone who, you know, who's actually a friend. Yeah, yeah. Or in, in the proper context. So totally. if it's on a panel discussion and there's a Q&A, okay, 
go in with the intense question. But if you've just met someone, yes, it might seem kind of odd. Yeah, yeah. To yeah. go into something that is um, <laughs> a little deep. Yeah. And, you know, with military, I noticed even just a basic questions about family or whatever can sometimes be intimidating just because some people have like really hard stories that they may not be really excited to share right at your first interaction. And that's something that I had to learn and to be OK with giving the space for and the freedom for somebody to speak when they're ready versus like yeah. coming in, wanting to know all the things right out the gate. <laughs> and I think that's a part of loving your neighbor. Yes. Knowing them, knowing them, and and having grace for them. So, so for you to to extend grace as you have is is good. It's a, a way for yes. you to to love them rather than having unrealistic expectations. And to extend grace to myself when I ask an awkward question, like, "Okay, we won't do that again," but it's okay that you did. <laughs> yes. I know. I think that's great because we're going to make mistakes, especially yes. if we're trying to get to know people who are not like us. Exactly. There's, there's a chance that we'll, we'll make a mistake and we have to be okay and learn yeah. from our mistakes. Yes. And, and our mistakes will become less, I think, yeah. as we just get to know one another. Yes. So getting to know and having a true friend and a true relationship yes. just only helps. Yes. What does it look like to actually celebrate God's beautifully diverse design, you know, for his kingdom when we're interacting with other believers? Like, what would that look like if we were to do that? Yeah. So practically speaking, it could be listening to if they want to talk about their culture and and enjoying it and learning Mm, from them. Yes. It could be one time I, I lived by a friend who was from India and she made spices. We made spices together. So I'm 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 interacting with her culture yeah. and learning. Yes. And just enjoying her. Yes. And, and just enjoying learning about her. And so it it can be anything from I think listening and interacting is a just a sweet way to yeah. to sell to celebrate, to celebrate differences. And then I think you don't have to pretend to be colorblind. You're not. So, so I think I just wanted to say that because I imagine some of your listeners have heard, oh, you need to be colorblind or they've said, oh, I'm, I'm colorblind. And yeah, I've heard that before. Yes. And it's not helpful actually, because you, because it's, it's, it's not true. One and two, it, it erases how God has made people. Yeah, I was going to say it feels like it doesn't offer dignity to the fact that we are all different and we're all reflecting who God is, you know? Yes. And so it's beautiful. Like it deserves it beautiful. Yeah. a level of acknowledgement because it's like, this isn't negative. This is actually really is beautiful and positive. It is. Absolutely. So, so I think one way for us to celebrate is to get that ingrained in our heads. Like, oh, our differences aren't a negative. They have been politicized. And so we're afraid of them. Uh-huh. But the reality is when we look at God's word, uh-huh. they, they are not a negative and we can celebrate how God has created us. And he didn't have to, in Revelations, he did not have to say that every tribe, tongue, and nation will be there. Yeah. He could have gotten rid of those distinctions, but he did not. Yeah. And so it's worth celebrating. Absolutely. I feel like that's such a kind of a celebratory statement right there in scripture. Yes, it is. So as we're seeking to 
celebrate one another and like got what God is doing in and through his people that are all different types, shapes, sizes, interests, etc. How can we communicate value and care as we go about doing that? Because I hear I hear the whole like making spices together and like being willing to acknowledge that we're different, but like when that flushes itself out practically, like I think a lot of people feel really nervous to go about that. I'm a little bit of an open person and like accepting of like when I do it wrong and I think people that I interact with know that. But I know some people really want to be PC and do it right. And so do you have any tips to offer us? Like, how can we communicate value and care? Like, what are some good general ways in which we might consider going about doing that? Okay. I think one is be normal. So what do I mean by that? (laughs) (laughs) So just don't ask that question. (laughs) No, that's hilarious. No, what I mean is, don't relate to people as alien. Uh-huh. Now, uh-huh. people may be different, but they're not alien. They're not aliens, yeah. as in from another planet. They are right. They are not. We're people. So Absolutely. we just need to relate to one another just yeah. as that, as people yes. who who God has given universally smiles to the woman in Cambodia and the person in Ethiopia and the person in Florida. So we want to simply introduce ourselves and see what the Lord has after that. <laughs> so you can try to build a relationship. Some people are standoffish. They're, it's going to some, for some people, it might be very difficult, mm-hmm. but for others, invite them over for dinner, get yes. to know them. Yeah, I think having them at your dinner table will build a relationship. You want to build a relationship. I think most of this happens in actual relationship. Yeah. It's hard to exercise those one another's with people you totally actually doing life with. Yeah. Yeah, Involved with at all. So if your neighbor is someone who you really want to get to know and they aren't like you, you don't have to be awkward and be like, Hey, I'm trying to find a black friend. And (laughs) can you be it? I feel like that would make me feel like, I don't know if I want to be your friend because it seems like you're just trying to check the box here. Yes, don't do that. And I think, though, we can get a little weird insofar as not being isolated. Yeah. So if your neighbor, you've looked at your neighbor and you're like, man, I really want to get to know this person. I'm afraid because I don't want rejection. Yeah. But it will be worth it. And it may make their day. They may be longing for that. And so I would say, be normal, see people as people Mm -hmm. and just pursue them Mm -hmm. and ask, ask God for help in that. And this is so cliche, but it's so true. Step out of your comfort zone, get out of it and ask someone, it will be so worth it. You will be enriched and, and they will be enriched. So I would just ask someone, practically speaking, to come and have lunch or dinner, tell them you've been um, wanting to get to know them and go from there and see how they respond. And if, if they're like, you know what, thanks, but no thanks, then okay. Yeah, man, there's something so wonderful about sharing a meal around a table. And Trillia, I needed to remember that because it doesn't feel as wonderful right now with a three and one year old, I will admit. (laughs) 
like it just feels really hard if you know what I mean when you're just you know two kids on your lap like catch up all over everybody but there is I think even in that like other moms that are in my season and things like that like we can share a meal together and that would be a real joy even if we do all have catch up all over us by the end of it (laughs) absolutely and not just moms you bring that single woman in your life absolutely yes yes Okay, a, a gal mentored me with, she has five kids, six, five or six kids, and a lot of kids. And, so many you can't count. Yes, but she would have me over and she was like, come over yes. anytime. Just know that I'm not cleaning up for you. And she didn't. And it was a joy. And I think there could be so many reasons for us not to engage with other people. There's lots of reasons yes. not to. Time energy, life messy season. home, life yes. season, but people are more important. So, so I yes. want to, yeah. So encourage all your mom friends. It does not matter. People are people. Most people have grace for that. And they know, totally. they know that, that our houses are going to be our total wreck and <laughs> that we're going to do what we can to, you know, bless them. Another thing, um, I, a family who they were struggling financially, mm-hmm. but they wanted so badly to have my family over. And we were like, yeah, can we bring anything? And I, I don't remember if we brought anything or not, maybe bread, but all we had was soup and bread. It was the simplest. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 it convicted me because I, when I have people over, I pull out the, like I'm thinking, and, and it is a way to bless them. I'm not, comp- I don't need to compare right. as if, but for that saying? not to be like like an obstacle for you, you know, for us not to have to pull out the fine pottery barn, yeah, everything, and, every single and, time somebody comes over to humble ourselves and say, sometimes it looks like a box of pizza and here it is, but we're getting to do life together. Exactly. And I think we need to do that with people of every season and yes. ethnicity. And if we could just every interest. think that way, yeah. if we could think that way, it, it's just amazing what could be how how our lives could be enriched and transformed and how God will be glorified. Yes. What does actually celebrating God's design for humanity and engaging in relationships with people who are different than us, what does it elicit in us and what does it show the world? Well, it shows the world that is broken and divided, that there is something, someone who can unify. I think Satan in particular would love it if we, like in Ephesians 6, I believe it says that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. So we need to remind ourselves that any division is just, I guess, a way for, we know that Satan's defeated, but it is a way for our enemy to to just glory and yeah, and, and yeah just to distract us. Okay, so God also says that people will know that we are his disciples by our love for one another. Mm -hmm. So what a way for us to proclaim that something, someone has transformed us. And we can say, oh, the reason we love one another and we're different is because of Jesus. And so I think it says to to the world that Jesus is real and that Jesus, his sacrifice on the cross did accomplish our unity and we can by his power and grace live this out. And, and so for me, I think it's crazy important that we pursue one another and that we 
pursue love because it is an apologetic to the world about Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. It's an apologetic. And so we have to proclaim him. And that's one way we can, we can do it through our relationships with people who are not like us. And it speaks what we know (laughs) about the scriptures and about the gospel speaks a better word to Mm -hmm. our divided Mm -hmm. communities and Mm -hmm. to our divided cities. So, so I, I think it's utterly important and it benefits. it, It is a benefit to the world to see it lived out. I completely agree. It's such a beautiful thing for a lost and dying world to get to witness and for us as believers to get to witness. It's like the gospel on display. It makes me magnify and glorify the Lord. So what is it? What is God's ultimate purpose, Trillia, in his beautifully diverse design? Yeah, you just said it to magnify himself. (laughs) Worship. Yes. I mean, it's ultimately about him. Yes. And and it's about glory in him. And God is the creator. And, and so when we see, it's like the scriptures say the mountains proclaim the heavens Mm -hmm. proclaim it's screaming. Jesus is real. God is awesome. God is worthy of praise. And so when you go into a place and there's all these different ethnicities, at least for me, I am always, there's something cheered in my spirit. Like, oh Lord, yes. look what you've done. Look at this. Yes. This is beautiful. Um, festivals. And I always see, especially in the summer, you'll see your Instagram and Facebook feeds filled with festivals and different cultures and, and people, what are people doing? They're celebrating it yeah. because it points to something greater. And um, even if they don't realize it, it points to something and someone, someone so much greater. So I think the end goal is the glory of God. Yes, I completely agree. And I, I've got your book open, which I've never done this on a podcast before. I actually don't prefer reading books because you guys should just get it yourself. But I love the page where it says God's family is called the church. Your church friends are your brothers and sisters, your wonderful and colorful church family. You can enjoy loving them and loving God with them. This is God's very good idea. Lots of different people enjoying loving him and loving each other. God made it. People ruined it. He rescued it. He will finish it. And with your church family, you can enjoy being a part of it right now. I long for that. And I love that we can also look forward to the day in which one day every tribe, tongue, and nation will sing before the Father and be glorifying him in worship together. So Lord, bring your kingdom near. I am just so stoked about that coming about right now a little bit better than like maybe 10 years ago. And I pray and long for it to just continue walking in unity with Christ as our head. Yes. I just join you in that prayer. I join you in that prayer. And I have I have a lot of hope. I do too. Yeah, I do too. Well, what are three things that you'd recommend for somebody who wants to grow in maybe their understanding or their practice of loving and celebrating others who are different than they are? Um, I would say books, books, and books. Is that a terrible thing? I love it. But- You're a reader and a writer, obviously. <laughs> yes, but I, I really think learning about our history, yeah. especially for those in the United States, yeah. is absolutely essential in diving into this topic. So learn and read. Um, I, I also think reading broadly can help so that you gain just different perspectives. Yeah, And then um, I think getting to know what the Bible says about these topics. So looking at scriptures and Mm -hmm. trying to dive into the text Mm -hmm. and seeing, yeah, what God pray, 
I think is essential. That's more than three things. But I do think reading the Bible and understanding, okay, like you, we've already mentioned, it's a theology issue. Praying and reading about our history are just three things that you can practically do today. Yeah. And you've given us so many practicals, Trillia. Like I just, we'll have to list those all in your resources. Like have a friend around the table. That was just a great practical experience. That's a very practical, easy way to do it. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for just being willing to touch on this topic and enlighten us and to encourage us in this vein. It's just been super helpful for me. And Trillia, in in light of asking questions and getting to know one another, one of the questions that I ask every guest that comes on the show is, what are three of your simple joys? These can literally be whatever you want. I love cycling, road cycling. Oh, that's so cool. I always aspire to road cycle, but don't have the money to ever get a bike. (laughs) I love it. It's so great. And you can maybe find one that's used and do it. But anyways. I have like a road bike, but it's not like the the hardcore kind. I didn't know if I'd be ready to make that kind of like investment. I totally get it. And then I love anything outside with my family. Yes, you guys seem like a total outdoorsy family in nature on walks and stuff like via your Instagram. (laughs) We're not a camping family, but on walks and stuff like that. Absolutely. And then I love cooking. It's so fun. So those are three choices. (laughs) That is awesome. I wish I could say I loved cooking. I do it every day almost, but it's not something that I would say I love. That's really, really fun. Well, Trillia, it's just been really cool to see how even from a distance you have impacted my journey with Jesus. And that's the heart behind the Journey Women podcast is talking with mentors who have served as just an encouragement on our own personal journeys to glorify God. So I'd love to hear from you. Who is it that's had the greatest impact on your own journey with Jesus? Probably that the lady I talked to earlier, my mentor, um, when oh, I with was- the five kids? She discipled me when I first became a Christian and mm. she's just continued to be a joy. I don't um, talk to her now, yeah. but she would be someone who I would forever point to as, oh, she just taught me about grace and loving people. I would also say the two friends who I write about in United. Yeah. Um, Amy and, Lily. and so those two gals are just essential in my, my growth and, and development at, when I first became a Christian. So, and if you notice, these are just people, these are local church, just people in my yes. church. So it's very, I've been re- really grateful for that. I know. I like wrote this question kind of thinking that people would say kind of sexy answers like, you know, Spurgeon or, you know, I don't know, Timothy Keller or something. And it's just been amazing to see how every single answer has been somebody that's just right next to them doing life alongside them, like seeking to humbly follow God and to glorify him. So it's just a real encouragement to get out there and to love your neighbor. So Trillia, thanks for encouraging us to do that today. It's just been a real joy getting to talk to you. That wraps up our conversations about the topic of community. However, you know it's one of my favorites and it will always be making its way into our conversations on the Journey Women podcast. If you're enjoying these conversations, I know I ask it every week, but I want to ask you again, would you consider taking three minutes just to head over to iTunes and leave us a rating and review? Number one, they were a huge encouragement to me last week when I scrolled through all of them to see your kind words of encouragement, especially after something as dramatic as losing my computer. (laughs) It helped me remember why I'm doing what I'm doing, and it also offers valuable feedback that I actually listen to. Thank you. 
Um, I also want to say that you can connect with us throughout the week on Facebook and Instagram at Journey Women Podcast or on Twitter at Journey Women Pod. You can also find the noteworthy quotes and resources from my episode today with Trillia on our show notes at journeywomenpodcast.com. Guys, it's a joy to journey with you all. I can't wait to see you here next Monday. Have a great week.